Welcome to the Smartest Amazon Seller Podcast. I am your host, Scott Needham. I'm an Amazon seller. been selling for years and a software developer. And so that's always the angle I'm taking is what are the secrets out there that can help scale and succeed on Amazon. And today I've got with me a guest. I've got Destiny Wishon. She is from Better AMS. And before I have her say anything, I want to tell you what I've learned from her already. So we connected on LinkedIn um, over a year ago and she was putting together a lot of posts on LinkedIn about you know how they organize their advertising and like we took some of those, went to our drawing board and really like thought it through. And like the ideas that, that she was able to tease out were really interesting and, and helped us make sure that like when we're advertising, we know what we're doing, we know what we're accomplishing. And so I'm very excited to get her um, on the show. Uh, Destiny, welcome. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. So she's from uh, Better AMS, and we were just talking earlier that she's been around uh, the Amazon advertising game for a while. When did you start? I believe I got started around four years ago. Okay. Yeah. And, um, you know, we were saying that like just the term AMS uh, stands for Amazon Marketing uh, services. And that, that's like the, the old way that they, they talked about uh, the Amazon talked internally about their advertising specifically on vendor central. And so it's a great way to segment those that have uh, been around for a while and those that are new. So I've got some really good questions. Uh, you know, we just hit uh, December and a lot of questions that like we were faced with, uh, in making decisions. And, um, I mean, advertising is just becoming a bigger part of our tool kit. And, um, you know, we do use some bid optimization software, but I wanted to ask Destiny if, you know, those that are using bid optimization software, what do you think are the most important steps an experienced person can do to um, still make better advertising decisions? Yeah, for sure. So one of the biggest recommendations I have, and I see this with OG sellers that are doing millions a month is relying too heavily on their bid optimization software. Cause the software is only as good as the person using it. And two of the scenarios I typically see having is one over optimization and just visualizing their whole Amazon advertising as let's get as profitable as possible and chase kind of, you know, the lowest ACOS. But when you're looking at your Amazon advertising performance, there are scenarios where you may want to take a loss on a certain keyword because it's benefiting your ranking or maybe that exposure and lifetime value is important. So not relying too heavily on it and really going in and tweaking and making decisions on your own. And then on the flip side, not being aware of the decisions that your software is making because at the end of the day, it is software. So when you run into scenarios like, Every single group got flooded with posts of, hey, my Amazon performance is terrible on December 24th. Why? Like, well, no consumers are really purchasing anything. So yes, your ACOS is going to spike compared to the week prior. So if you have that context to go in and make optimizations on a smaller timeframe than what your software is looking at, 
I think that's going to be a really important aspect. So really just knowing your bit of optimization strategy mm -hmm. before you rely on software, I think is important. I've never heard over optimization, <laughs> that term, but it, it, it makes sense. Is like, it, it kind of sounds like you are just chasing the lowest hanging fruit. You know, there are some brands that like, uh, if they only spent on their branded terms, yeah, they're going to have amazing ACOS. They can share those uh -huh. screenshots on social media and everyone's going to be like, what are you doing? Like, I know what you're doing. You're not bidding against competitors. Yep. A hundred percent. I think that's the perfect call it as well. It's like, you're not winning new consumers. You're only winning returning consumers. So you're paying twice for those people. So it looks great, but is it doing anything? Exactly. If we're going to, if we're going to venture off into this territory of higher ACOS, you know, of going against uh, competitors or other products, do you think it's more valuable to va advertise against competitors or complementary products? You know, the products that aren't competitors, but like something that, you know, people would buy with your product. I think this is a this is pretty contextual, but it's a fantastic question because we see it all the time. And what we've seen is bidding directly on your competitor's name can be a little bit more expensive and it can be a little bit harder to get. So if you have a product that's a one-time purchase, I would probably look for complementary products more than just direct competitors. But it depends on so many things. If you have an actual competitive advantage by price point or product differentiation, 100% put a product targeting ad directly on all of your competitors. But if you have you know, something that's just complimentary, there's a great way to drive profitable sales and drive brand awareness. I always use the example, if you're selling a glue stick, bid on construction paper. Like that's a great way to drive cheap brand awareness. I think you, you tease it out really well. Like, you know, if you do have a better product or like you said, it's not a, maybe it's a, a, a consumable, something that people are buying, you know, frequently where like brand loyalty really uh, is a huge part of, you know, say like grocery. So if you have a better product than them, you can go against competitors, but if you're more expensive and uh, your marketing doesn't like, isn't significantly more compelling then, you know, consider the complementary products. Mm -hmm. I think that you, you made it sound a lot easier than um, <laughs> I had imagined. One way to see complementary products is perhaps the frequently bought together. Um, do you ever try and steal that frequently bought together? Like, is that like something that can be done? You're like, hey, we know our competitor is frequently bought together with uh, this complimentary product. It's not a competitor, but like you want to steal that, uh, that link that Amazon has uh, from someone else. Have you ever targeted that or um, have you ever seen it just like flip from one to another? I know this was definitely a strong part of strategy. As we look at OG sellers three to four years ago, they were really easy add to cart ways to gain the algorithm for frequently bought together. And people would basically add both items to their cart and then just leave it there like search by and buy. So it was a really strong part of the strategy because someone at some point released a stat that people who win the frequently bought together box saw increases sales of something drastic. Um, more recently, we don't do a lot of gaming the algorithm and just trying to precisely win that, but it is a strong strategy to run when you're looking at any product targeting because you already have the data. If Amazon showing you that frequently bought together, maybe it's you're looking at tape and scissors and people are buying them together. 
you already have that data that consumers purchase both of them. So you might as well try to game it with your product that is maybe tape or scissors. So it is a million percent a great way to strategize what kind of products you should be targeting. And then if you do drive enough orders, you 100% can win it. But I'm not going to give you any stats or numbers on how to win it because I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I, I always shy away from telling people this is the one, two, three step of like how you do it. And just like at least say the ideas because every situation is is different, and mm-hmm. um, it's it's definitely a powerful widget uh, that is on Amazon's product pages <clears throat> for advertisers to to learn and to think about you know how is traffic moving around on Amazon. What was that stat that you said about like how how much it increased uh, sales if if they got that widget? Yeah, that was, this was like three to four years ago. It was back when people were doing giveaways and just 90% giveaways to game, but it was ridiculously high. Like I want to say around 30%, but do not uh-huh. quote me on that. because well, I mean, not, not, not all, not all products are equal. I mean, if you, if you <laughs> steal that frequently bought together on, you know, you know, a, a top 100 product, you know, that's mm-hmm. really significant. Uh, you're going to, you're definitely going to see people come through that. But if, you know, if it's not a very high volume product, then it's probably less valuable. Um, Interesting. I actually haven't worked a lot with vendor central um, clients or, you know, accounts, a few. Do you ever treat vendor central accounts any differently than say a central, a seller central account in advertising? So we used to, there used to be, and this is talking about like, at least within the last 12 months, there used to be a lot of differentiation between the platform. The biggest area was around display ads. So display ads have been out since 2017, primarily product targeting, category targeting under sponsored display. That's nothing new but it was finally rolled out to sellers. So the reason we kind of stuck with the name Better AMS was because the OG sellers used to basically submit one product into Vendor Central, it would get approved, and then they would get access to a whole different marketing platform that had sponsored brands and sponsored product, or technically product display ads, sponsored product display ads. Yeah. So it was a workaround for sellers to be able to compete with all these different branded creatives. So having, the advertising metrics combined is pretty new for a lot of us. It's within the last year, year and a half, they finally opened up availability where you're under one platform advertising console. All of your entities are under there and you have access to everything. So the only differentiation we slightly see, and this is like sub 10% is some of our original vendor central accounts still have sponsored display, like views, targeting, which is CPM under some accounts, but it was the shortest, smallest beta rollout ever. So all accounts don't have it yet. So it's just a CPM base under Seller Central. Since I've actually developed and uh, some software that's like pulled down the data from them, Mm -hmm. I knew that the vendor accounts and the Seller Central accounts were actually on the same engine. And, you know, the, those that are making these bid optimization tools, you know, they, they can actually treat them about the same. So mm-hmm. not surprising that they finally, uh, you know, did some parody, uh, feature parody with them. We've got a, a, a toy product that goes bananas um, in the last two months of the year. Advertising was also getting very expensive. You know, we're uh, 
spending tens of thousands to get, you know, the, 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 the best placements on advertising. And it, it, it can really just like, you know, a product that sells a million dollars in just two months. Well, if you're spending, you know, a lot of that money on advertising, it kind of feels like Amazon is a pay to play kind of scenario. What's the best way to make sure that you're not giving all of your money back to Amazon and that you're able to optimize for a profit? Know what you're competing against and make data-based decisions. So one thing we really noticed in the last year, and this was a catalyst of COVID, is big brands pulled their brick and mortar budgets. They stopped paying for end caps as much and moved it to Amazon e-commerce. So what happens is it is going to get more expensive. It's not Amazon just trying to win more money. It's you're competing against bigger brands who are willing to take losses because they view Amazon advertising as a traditional marketing expense. They have a budget, they need it gone or else they don't get it next year. So when we look at that, we basically start looking at very specific ad types, very specific keywords. If it's going to cost us $10 CPC to bid on a keyword, we need to diversify that traffic. And that's not unrealistic. When we're in the supplement space, I have brands that we specifically bid $23 cost per click constantly to win the number one sponsored product placement. And that's because we have the lifetime value, but smaller brands can't compete against that. So what they need to look at is diversifying their ad spend. They need to look at, you know, are their video ads cheaper? Are their sponsored product, product targeting cheaper? And really do that analysis and scale based off that. DSP may even be an option for them. That's a little bit cheaper. So I think not trying to compete head to head. Sponsor Brands has three placements on page one. So if you're going up against someone who's bid in $20, it's going to be much more competitive. So just knowing what you're going against and looking at the data. Yeah, I, I hope a few people uh, really rack their brains on what it means to be bidding uh, $20 <laughs> per click. That is insane. Um, and I know that it's, it, it is the grocery and supplement like categories that really hit that because the lifetime value is so high. But then, like you said, like people are playing a different game. You know, sometimes they just have to blow their budget. Like that's it. They're like, well, mm-hmm. we need to spend, you know, $100,000 in November on this. And so you yeah. don't want to get in that kind of uh rat race where a lot of Amazon sellers, I know many that listen to this podcast, you know, they're self-funded. <laughs> they're, uh, yeah. they're the, the small businesses. And um, so you, you have to be, and, and you can be smarter than um, your competitors. I came from the vendor side of the business. So I was very familiar with working those budgets. And then when I kind of transitioned to the private label focus, still with AMS, it really allowed me to have the full funnel picture. So the lot of things we look at is how do we compete in those other areas? How do we have first movers advantage and be the first one to run remarketing, prospecting and conquesting through sponsored display? Really getting that edge on all of the new things are gonna help you because every single large brand is pushed to run sponsored brand ads. That's just inherently they think sponsored brands means brand awareness, let's throw a ton of money at it. So looking at some of those other options of adding a custom image beta. So you show up directly below the sponsor product placement on the product detail page. Those small things can make a big difference. Yeah. And most of the savvy advertisers right now know that uh, uh, sponsor brands videos is performing really, really well. Um, and it mm-hmm. takes a little bit more to get there because you need the you need a video. And I've seen some some amazing use of videos, especially in the pet category, where yes. you see a dog walking across your screen. And 
It's just so entertaining. Well, have you ever advised a client to take the pedal off the gas when they were advertising a lot? What we typically look at is profitability, tacos. Tacos mm-hmm. is a really big metric, especially for the smaller sellers. Sometimes we have brands or sellers that have funding and they want to spend a lot, but I'm like, your organic's not justifying your spend. Let's look at different ways to get your organic ranking increased so you have more profitability. So those are areas where I've definitely recommended. And if I know I'm competing against a big name player that's spending a million dollars a month and I can, I mean, it's so easy to create one campaign, one ad group, one keyword, one exact match to see how expensive it is to play in any scenario. So we kind of play around with that. And if I see our bid's going to get up to like $17, I'm like, let's take that money and drive external traffic or do something else. I mean, it's all about testing. Amazon allows us to test on a really small scale. Yeah, that's interesting. You just mentioned, uh, you know, looking at bringing traffic from outside of Amazon. Uh, does it, like, when, when does that kind of make sense? Or uh, what are some, you know, one, two strategies that like people could consider uh, when they're thinking about outside Amazon traffic? One of the biggest questions I ask are kind of what are your brand goals? Are you wanting to build a brand or are you wanting a side hustle on Amazon? And the reason I ask that is because if you want to build a brand, there's a lot of opportunity for external traffic, you know, Instagram reels, TikTok reels, things like that, that have a ton of organic reach are a fantastic thing to invest in. Now, the downside to those things is Amazon attribution is pretty poor. So it can be hard to correlate a lot of those metrics. You know, if you're on Amazon, you're on the number one platform where you know someone has purchase intent. If they're typing in a search term on Amazon, they're probably looking at purchasing it, not researching it. So that's kind of the things that we balance when we're looking at whether or not to run external traffic and how we align our on-platform ads with what we're doing externally. Interesting. And so if you're thinking about like a brand, like, you know, you know, creating some sort of a, a customer loyalty, that's when you start to consider more um, the external options. We do. And just because it does better, when you look at Instagram and you look at a lot of the social platforms out there, people resonate well with brands, not just a product. I mean, I'm not against doing a 60% discount and running an ad or a search find buy. Those things work externally to drive traffic, but the longevity of them just not quite there. So that's kind of how we balance the two. If you're just looking to launch a product, I would focus on on Amazon, but it's not necessarily my area of expertise as well. Yeah, no, um, interesting. Do you have, I, I just wanted to, you know, we hear a lot of uh, about success stories, but if you had one in your mind of like where you've seen Amazon advertising, like, you know, take something that was like, just like say an entrepreneur's idea, uh, something small, and then really kind of transforming uh, what that business is. Um, and so do you have any success stories you could share? Not, I mean, <laughs> yes. I, lots of success stories that are Amazon advertising specific, but for us personally, when, when we're looking for Amazon advertising partners, we're looking for like really strong relationships and people that are investing in building brands. So for me, I've seen so many cool people and so many cool brands that go head to head with the big name players. I mean, we have direct competitors of the top diapers in the baby category, you know, Huggies. We have direct competitors of like Elf Cosmetics. 
And Amazon allows them the opportunity to directly compete because you don't, you know, when you're looking at getting into brick and mortar Walmart, you need to have that proof of concept. Amazon, you can start from nothing and truly build a brand and touch every single consumer. And that's really cool. Yeah, no, that's, that is, that, that, that is impressive. What do you see? So, you know, you've been working with Better AMS and um, what do you see uh, coming in the future for your company that you guys are uh, excited about in, in the future? One of the big things that I'm excited about is just how Amazon's treating DSP. And us personally, we are preferred partner for DSP. So uh-huh. I see a ton of possibility with that just because they're allowing more granularity, more incrementality. So we're combining the shopper marketing with the actual data of our Amazon consumers. So I'm really hyped to grow that program out. That's pretty cool. So um, uh, Destiny, thank you so much for like for teaching me all that you have <laughs> just on LinkedIn. If people wanted to you know, reach out to you and or learn from you, uh, what's the best way for them to get a hold of you? Yeah, so definitely feel free to follow either me or Better AMS on primarily every platform. We, we try to post just a lot of valuable content, nothing like golden nuggets or hacky, just true helpful content. And then if you guys are interested in like scheduling a call with us, you can check us out at betterams.com. Awesome. Well, uh, thank you so much for coming and um, lots of things that I'm actually going to share this with a few of my team members um, because, you know, this Christmas we, we start spending a lot of money and you want to like figure out a way to be more effective with that. I think you shared a lot of great advice. Look forward to honestly, just to continue learning. So uh, that's all we've got for today's episode. Um, Those that, uh, you know, enjoyed it, please share it with a friend and subscribe to the podcast and uh, stay tuned. One, two, three. (laughs) 